On this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, listen to my conversation with Adam Houlihan, founder of Prominence Global and a true leader when it comes to LinkedIn. We discuss what micro-niching is and why it's so important, the fundamentals of creating high-quality content, and how to optimize your time to build prominence on LinkedIn. My name is Aidan Vokolo, and here you will find business strategies, tips, and tactics that you can incorporate not only in your own venture, but your life to help you simplify and strategically grow scaling up the impact you're having in this world. Listen as I talk to creators, innovators, and game changers on what it takes to build an impactful business, uncovering their insights, strategies, and tips to help you increase profitability and develop a thriving team culture. Welcome to the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. Adam, thanks for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. It's great to have you on. Uh, It's my pleasure. It's uh, fantastic to be here with you. Adam, you're the author of Amazon Bestsellers, uh, the LinkedIn Playbook, Social Media Secret Source, and the recently released Influencer. You're also the CEO of Web Traffic That Works, and you give businesses powerful tools to grow and accelerate their global footprint. Tell me, what were some of the pivotal moments in your history that led to where you were today? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. It was a, it was a, kind of a, an interesting journey, it's, uh, which really started uh, almost 10 years ago now. But back at that time, I, uh, I really didn't know anything about social media. And oh, I think I had a Facebook account like, like most people, and that was about it. And I was uh, running a, a company and uh, I was doing some research on uh, sort of some global competitors and uh, seeing yeah, why those guys were doing really well. It turned out to be that they were just good early adopters of social media. And uh, so that really just piqued my interest. And I started deep diving into everything about social media and uh, connecting with a lot of the, you know, the world's influencers at the time. And, uh, you know, I became pretty convinced that uh, social media was really going to play an important role in the future of, of pretty much all businesses. So um, I kind of turned it you know, a passion into a session, <laughs> an obsession into a, a business. And uh, and then I, what I found was that I, I just really resonated personally with uh, how LinkedIn worked because it was a very, very difficult platform to master. And, uh, yeah, we ended up just uh, 100% focusing on uh, LinkedIn and we now have a, uh, a global team, 19 people uh, work with us around the world and uh, a global client base as well. In those early days, how did you, I mean, LinkedIn's obviously, you know, more recently sort of grown to be a really, you know, prominent tool. But in the earlier days, when it wasn't as well known, or as, like you said, it was, it was hard to master. How did you deal with the naysayers or how did you deal with those people? Uh, look, I just didn't worry about them. Uh, we were getting great results ourselves. And so we, the proof was just kind of in the pudding. So you know, we just uh, kept doing uh, our own sort of, uh, you know, lead generation and, and, growth just came through what we were doing on LinkedIn. And, and obviously, after a bit of time, people started to notice and, and uh, they uh, uh, started to reach out and go, oh, well, clearly, you guys uh, know what you're doing and um, can you help us? And, and of course, the release of the two books, like um, first the LinkedIn playbook a few years ago, and then, as you said, more recently, just you know, late last year, Influencer. And, and off the back of those, you know, I've just get to spend cool time with with uh, guys like yourself and on podcasts and, and in live. I do a lot of uh, live events around the world, uh, training for you know, business owners and entrepreneurs, and uh, and it uh, it's it's kind of yeah, it was really just a proof in the pudding kind of concept. Sure. So you sort of proved to yourself that you um 
that you could do it yourselves and then and then helped others do the same thing that you were doing. You demonstrated the results that you could get and, and went from there. Yeah, exactly that. You mentioned um, you, you've written, I mean, two books most recently and there's been a couple of years in between. What significant changes have you seen in the LinkedIn platform between between those two books, between the LinkedIn playbook and um, your um, more recently released book, Influencer? Yeah, it's actually a good question. And I think the uh, if, you, if we drew a line in the sand is where, where LinkedIn really accelerated ahead was, was probably about the time when uh, it was purchased by Microsoft. And uh, given that Microsoft spent $26 billion US dollars to buy uh, LinkedIn, clearly they saw uh, you know, huge future potential. But of course, with the backing of the, you know, the capabilities of a, a company like Microsoft, they really started to develop the platform. And, and look, I would say that every single thing they did was, uh, was a positive. There's a lot of, a lot of people who were jumping up and down in the early days because, you know, the, a lot of the, what was free on LinkedIn moved into paid subscriptions. So you really, it did become, you know, uh, a platform where you needed to invest a little bit of money into it. Not a lot, but uh, some people saw that as a negative, but it's what's, I think has been the real evolution between obviously if you read the LinkedIn playbook, um, it's all about, you know, positioning your profile and, um, you know, etiquette and, and how you interact with people. And influencer is all about content and content creation. And that's really the major change is LinkedIn has become a, uh, a really a, a content platform that, you know, if done well, can really position uh, anybody, you know, as a person of um, prominence or influence or whatever, you know, whatever word you want to use within their industry. And that's what the, the people who are really doing well on LinkedIn, they're just, you know, great content creators. Yeah, I've seen that, I guess, just on my own profile going through. It, it's definitely, I guess, back in the day, it used to be just for resumes, essentially, or that's how I used to view it anyway. If, you know, you put your resume up there or, you know, in your profile and, and you left it there. But you know, more recently, it's when you scroll through the newsfeed of LinkedIn, you know, there's a lot of valuable content that can be shared. How can those putting content up, how can people um, be different? How can you break through the noise now that LinkedIn is becoming more heavily a, a content-driven platform and there's a lot of content going up there these days? Yeah, it's um, there is a lot of content going up there, but uh, there's still not a lot of you know really engaging content. So the big kind of mistake, I suppose, that and the first first thing that um, a lot of people think is that uh, you know it's a content platform just like you might use on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and it's not the type of content that. That the people on LinkedIn are really going to resonate with. So the, the content that gets the cut through, as you say, is uh, content that is really focused on a niche for starters. You got to really focus in on who the content is for and and serve that consistently to to that uh, avatar, if you if you want to you, you use a word and. That it's really just a solving problem. It's helpful content. If you follow, you know, my content, you'll you'll see it's a mixture of, of video content and, and written content, visual content. But the high high majority of it is is just helpful tips and uh, information. Well, you know, in my case, about you know how to leverage LinkedIn. But in it, you know any other person's uh, view would be just how somebody gets value out of whatever it is that, uh, you know, that content creator does. And so essentially you solve people's problems and they want to work with you. And it's a, yeah, it's a fantastic tool to do so because you can, you know, you can follow people and interact 
not only share your content but interact with others. What's your yeah, um, exactly. what's your advice for those looking to build prominence on LinkedIn? Well, it's uh, it's exactly that. It's it's a content play. You've got to be a consistent creator of content. And to look to give you some uh, sort of numbers of what what this really looks like. Roughly right now, there's there's roughly about 630 million people on LinkedIn. Just three months ago, it was 610. So you know, there's 20 million new people have joined in the last three months, and that's a consistent sort of growth. But of those 630 million, there's only about a million. You know, one million of 630 million who are consistent, uh, content creators. And probably of that, that million, less than 200,000, you know, only one fifth of them that really focus on really high quality content that, um, works within this, this sort of concept of, you know, positioning that person with prominence. So, so when you do the numbers on that, you know, it's way, way under 1% of, of all users of LinkedIn that are doing this exceptionally well. And often when I say that in live events, whatever, you know, does the room will be divided into two, two types. And you know, some people say, well, that just tells me that LinkedIn's a waste of time. Uh, and then the other kind of half get it where they say, wow, okay, so it's a target rich environment if I just get it right. And of course, that's, that's my view too. What would your recommendation be for those? I mean, like you said, only you know a small majority of that one percent are you know high high quality content creators. How can small business owners that may only have half an hour to an hour a day to dedicate to LinkedIn? What would your advice be to them to use that time effectively? Yeah, you know, with with an hour a day, you know, if you're very very strategic about how you spend your time, you can definitely get uh, you know a, a good uh, outcome on on LinkedIn. But uh, look, the reality is that. The, the people who are going to really uh, get the, the massive amount of leverage of this, you know, they're probably going to spend a bit more time than that, or they're going to, you know, get some help from uh, their team, or you know, external experts or whatever. Um, and you know, as I said, it's, it's really low. well, it's actually under half of one percent of people who are, are playing this level. So, an, an hour a day, you can definitely get a good return on the time invested, but that time needs to be very, very strategic where probably half of that time is in content creation and the other half is obviously connecting with people and uh, following up on messages and, and uh, replying to people who, who uh, engage on your content, that sort of thing. Yeah, certainly, um, certainly valuable advice. It's good to hear that you can you can build up, you know, just through your own time and effort, you know, a reasonable profile on LinkedIn. But of course, if you want to take it to that next level, then obviously having a team behind you or, um, like you said, external support can be quite valuable in providing that extra assistance and um, cutting down the time that, you know, as a business owner, you would naturally have to spend just to learn the platform. Sometimes it can be helpful to, to outsource it. Yeah, and uh, obviously it's something you'd only do after you've, you've spent a little bit of time on there and you're seeing you're getting some results and you, you're confident that, you know, if you, if you just step that up a level that uh, the, uh, you know, return on, on that investment would, uh, would be worthwhile. So, um, yeah, and there's obviously um, lots of different ways that that can be done. It could be, you know, it could be as simple as a uh, an assistant that uh, spends two or three hours a day at, you know, a much lower uh, hourly rate than, than what your time's worth um, that would make it worthwhile right up to fully managed services like we do. You mentioned earlier about really honing in on a, on a niche or an avatar and, and going in a, reading your books talking about a micro niche. Can you explain what you mean by a micro niche and, and how, how would you recommend for um, for people to sort of really hone in on, on what that means to them? 
sure, it, uh, look, it's, it's a very important distinction. So, so say for example, um, you could say, I could say uh, someone, oh, what do you do? And they say, oh, I'm a photographer. Great, you know, photographer's a niche, obviously, but um, within that niche, a uh, photographer could specialise in um, portrait photography or weddings or wildlife or uh, headshots or corporate. You know, there, there's so many different aspects of that that uh, though any any one of those is a micro niche. So, for example, um, you know, if I said the same person, uh, you know, what what is it you do? And they said, oh, I specialise in uh, corporate headshots for people's. Uh, Social media profiles. Well, that's that's a micro niche. Very very clear what that uh, you know what that uh, person does. Uh, now, it, it doesn't also mean to say that's the only thing they do, but it would be the thing that they lead with as far as their marketing and positioning on a platform like like LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, similar to that, you know, it could be you know, a doctor. Well, okay, are you a uh, general practitioner, are you an orthodontist, are you, you know, a surgeon, uh, whatever. So any, it's a doctor is a niche, the surgeon is the micro niche, or even say brain surgeon would be, be the micro niche, very, very targeted in, in what you do, you do. And every, pretty much every industry could have that. You could say something like an accountant. You know, uh, accountancy, it's, it's still uh, very, very broad, but you can, Target that down under that into um, you know a much tighter niche. And as an example, a client of ours that we work with is you know an accountant, but he he only uh, you know, he positions himself as uh, as uh, you know only working with uh, small to medium enterprises uh, up to two million dollars revenue. So he's very very clear about who his client advertises. Now, like you said, that then helps with your um, your marketing message. And when you're putting content out, you can really target what you're talking about to that niche or to that micro niche to really then, I guess that could be one way to cut through the noise instead of being general and saying you're an accountant or a doctor or a photographer, really sort of niching down and, and um, being quite targeted in how yeah. you communicate. Yeah, there's, a, there's a very true saying in marketing, which is uh, if you try to appeal to everyone, you'll appeal to no one. Is no, nobody really knows exactly what it is that you're about. So that, that's yeah, that's really what the concept of micro-niche is about. In your opinion, what holds people back from wanting to micro-niche? Uh, it's it's yeah, a great question. It's it's the fear of uh, that they'll be pigeonholed into just that one thing. And I often, I often even get people uh, saying, oh, well, I've got three businesses, so how do I manage that on LinkedIn? And my answer is always, well, you don't. Uh, you know, pick the one that you, you want to be because if you try to appeal to everyone, a social any social media platform, you'll appeal to no one because you're not a, you're not considered a specialist or whatever. You just put your finger in multiple sort of pies, and you probably do all of them, you know, to an okay level, as opposed to you know really focusing on one and doing it exceptionally well. So the the reality is, yeah, you, you've got to you've got to be very very targeted. Within that niche, uh, and of course, that niche has to be preferably cover two bases. One is that it's it's something that you are exceptionally good at, but also something that you're really passionate about doing. You know, if you're not passionate about doing something, then it's a tough road to to really put all your marketing effort, marketing effort into that that sort of you don't really love doing. Would you weight those fifty fifty? Obviously, it depends. But is there one that you would weight more heavily? 
than the other in terms of either being passionate or um, exceptionally good at? Or do you think they've, they're both sort of 50-50? Uh, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, could you they, you know, be successful focusing on something that you're exceptionally good at but not passionate about? Yeah, you probably could. Um, it just wouldn't be, you know, a great way to live. Could you do the reverse? Probably not. You know, if you're not really, really good at what you do, then, um, you know, you're going to get caught out on it pretty quickly. Sure. I wanted to ask you a question from the, um, from the audience for those listening. Um, and she asks, what is one of your biggest lessons you've learned whilst, um, conversing on LinkedIn? Um, I think, um, well, yeah, that's a, that's a, a really good question. I think that the, the, uh, the answer to that would be to, to, to be yourself. Don't try to be something that you're not. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, people will really resonate with you or they won't. And it's quite okay if they don't. Because again, if you're trying to appeal to everyone, you come across very sort of vanilla and, and bland. Whereas if you, like I said, you know, if you're passionate about something and you, you're happy to take a stand on it, it's, it's okay if you know, some people don't agree. And, and you can just say that. I, I often say that, you know, just agree to disagree. And, and uh, you know, I respect your opinion. I just don't have to agree with it. So yeah, so, so the lesson is really in uh, just, just being yourself and being true to what you believe in. Yeah, that, that's really sage advice. You know, there'll be people that, that'll love you and people that'll hate you. And it's best to, best not to, yeah, not, not, not to bend your personality to, to what everyone else wants because you end up not being anyone really in that sense. It's the same, I guess it's the same concept of niching in a sense as yeah, it is. the and old quite a bit in, in influencer. And, uh, one of the, one of the chapters there is about that is that, um, you know, it's not really it's not really our role as business owners or marketers or, or, or anything to actually change anybody's mind. Our role is to find and attract the people who already believe what we believe and already want what you know the, the value that we deliver and just focus on them and, and don't worry about the you know the other ones who aren't on board. You know, there's someone else will serve them and there's plenty to go around. For sure. Yeah, the, the, there's so many people out there to serve. You know, you, you don't need a million customers. And even a million in, in the concept of how big the world is, is, you know, a small number anyway. So well, exactly right. And especially in this day and age where, you know, other than, say, a brick-and-mortar type uh, businesses like, you know, like a restaurant or whatever where you literally have to be in a you know, certain uh, you know, area, many, many businesses now can, can really be global. And that's a two-edged sword, though, because it also means that, you know, you might be in a high-cost country like the US or, or Australia uh, or Singapore or whatever, competing with people who have probably equal talents in uh, countries where the cost of doing business is, is maybe a quarter of, of yours. So, you know, you, you have to be exceptional to, to be able to compete on a global scale. Comes back down to being, you know, both exceptional at what you do and, and passionate as well, to both, you know, carry carry through that global competition, and yeah, you know, and, really be a mainstay. Yeah, it is, and, and focusing on that, you know, that one core niche because there's plenty of that niche around. It's just you've got to, you know, position yourself as the absolute authority in, in that um, in that space. For sure, and um, something that you're quite passionate about is giving. And I know you've got an involvement with B1G1, and recently we had the chairman uh, Paul Dunn on the show, and you've um, you've made over 1.4 million giving impacts. I wanted to know how your partnership with B1G1 has impacted your business. 
Uh, yeah, look, B1G1, we've been uh, a member of B1G1 since the day we started. And uh, it came down to, I just by chance, um, I was lucky enough to be uh, invited to speak at an event where Paul Dunn was the, was the other speaker. That's uh, how I met Paul. And, uh, of course, he was sharing about what B1G1 does, and, and I just immediately said yeah, to Paul, uh, you, know, I've, you know, I've been looking for this my whole life, and it uh, just totally resonated with us from day one. And we pretty much you know, just ingrained a social policy into everything we do. So you know, when somebody does one of our online training courses, you know, it immediately means that a 1,000 families get access to, to you know, water. Or when somebody reads, uh, you know, buys one of the, my books, they'll be creating an impact to um, prevent blindness with children or educate children or, or something like that. So every product or service that we have has some form of um, social responsibility attached to it. And, and as you said, we, we've, uh, you know, just by doing that, I think, you know, we, I think we're at about 1.5 million impacts around the world. Our personal internal goal is to, is for that to hit 12 million. So that, that's our, that's, you know, we're, in our, in our terms, we're, we're only on a kind of 10% of the way there. That's a really admirable goal to reach. And it's such a, such a great platform to be able to, like you said, to make social impact on a global scale and link it to everything that your business does you know, from every product or service that you provide, then that then provides, you know, sanitary needs or a range of other giving impacts to those desperately in need of um of those um yeah, those services. So yeah, it's um it's great that you've got a a goal of um yeah to reach twelve million. Thank you. We we will hit it. It's we I can't give you the date, but mm. at some point in the future we you know, it, it's just an everyday part of, of everything we do. So uh, yeah, every month we, we inch closer and closer to that goal. For sure. And, and the fact that you've got it so ingrained in what you do is you, you're going to make progress, you know, no matter what, and you've got that orientation. So I'm, I'm sure you'll get there for sure. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Adam, a question I'd like to ask all guests on the podcast, and I'd love to get your opinion on it, is what's your definition of the grind? The grind is, uh, I think it's, uh, well, for me, it's, it's, it's definitely around passion. It depends, I suppose, on uh, how you, you grind it. I think it has a lot of Negative connotations. Uh, I believe if you if you're focusing on doing what you love every single day, then uh, you just love to do the same thing over and over. I suppose in one way that's a grind. For sure, Adam. Where, where can people find more about you and um, web traffic that works? But probably the best thing. Uh, interesting enough, we're we're literally going through a change of name uh, for the company uh, very very soon in, in the next few weeks. Our name will change to prominence global as opposed to Web Traffic Works. But right now, uh, the best place to connect with us is probably through my personal website, which is just adamhoolahan.com. No worries. I'll include a, a link to that in the show notes where people can um, click on and find a bit more about what um, you're up to. Thanks for that. No worries, Adam. Thank, thanks again for coming on the show. It's, um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about LinkedIn and you know diving a bit deeper into what people can do. To build, you know, to build their profile, to build their prominence, and um, to become a, you know, to to inch their way up to be, you know, one of the, you know, top of the one percent or even further. So, thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Stories Behind the Grind. Please share the podcast, and if you're not already subscribed, be sure to do that right now. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. This lets the platform know that I'm doing something right, and people like the content. 
It'd be a huge help and I'd be really, really grateful if you could. Until next time.